This WBEZ podcast is supported by Ravinia, with over 100 concerts under the stars this summer, including Daryl Hall and Elvis Costello, Nora Jones with special guest Mavis Staples, the Beach Boys with special guest John Stamos, Shaggy and TLC, Jason Isbell and the 400 Unit, the Chicago Symphony Orchestra, and more. Their 30-acre park is nestled in a gently wooded area. Bring your own picnic or eat at one of the park restaurants. Tickets available now only at ravinia.org. WVEZ is supported by Chicago Humanities, presenting live events with historians Doris Kearns Goodwin and John Meacham, comedian Reggie Watts and filmmaker Miranda July, and artists Hebrew Brantley and Amanda Williams in conversation, plus MSNBC chief correspondent Ali Velshi on small yet powerful acts of courage throughout history. Tickets for these events and more conversations on arts, culture, and current affairs at chicagohumanities.org. Okay, maybe it's just me, but when I hear the term art collector, I immediately think super rich. Well, one Chicago artist is trying to flip the script on that association. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. Patrick McCoy has been collecting artwork for 50 years. He says art collecting doesn't have to be the elitist pastime that we think of it as. Patrick is known for his eclectic collection of about 1,300 pieces by Black artists. He's also the co-founder of Diasporal Rhythms, a nonprofit that works to promote and preserve the art of the African diaspora. We recently sat down with Patrick to get acquainted with his collection and to hear about his new photography exhibit chronicling the lives of Black gay Chicagoans in the 80s. Patrick, for a time, you actually weren't fond of the term art collector. Why is that? It was a, it was difficult because I had believed so many uh, now erroneous ideas about what an art collector was, and I just excluded myself. I wasn't rich, I wasn't private, I didn't study art, I didn't know anything about art. Uh, I studied chemistry, and I was never invis- interested in the investment aspect of of uh, art collecting. So I had believed that those were essential. And therefore, I was not that. And so for almost 20 years, I refused to accept it. I, yeah. would, I would argue and make... You didn't artists, think it was for you. It didn't no, it describe no, you. No. So eventually, though, you began to embrace the title. Right. Why the change of heart? I had one, so many artists were coming to me saying, you are an art collector because <laughs> I buy their art. Right. But uh, I had an epiphany. Uh, I once I started thinking about... The culture, the total culture, uh, art, music, dance, literature, fashion, all of that. And I realized that art, the visual arts, was the only part of that culture that had a serious elitist concept. The, all, the rest of them, especially music, is egalitarian. Everybody's in it. And the kicker was that you could be a serious appreciator, collector, critic of music and not know a thing about music. <laughs> so when I, st- I started thinking about it, I said, wait a minute. In the visual arts, I'm believing this opposite thing. So something's got to be wrong mm. because this, in the other parts of the culture, everybody's in. You don't need, there's no high barrier to come in. So what is it about collecting art? When did you first start? Uh, I started in college. Well, I was uh, at the University of Chicago studying chemistry, and my roommate was an art major. And he came back to the room one day with a lithograph that he had done, and I looked at it and said, oh, this is nice. And, he, and I said, what's a lithograph? 
And he started to explain it. And I said, uh, which is interesting because this is 1968. Mm-hmm. I said, are you going to sell that? Because I had no money. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, yeah. So we negotiated and came up with $10. <laughs> negotiated for $10. <laughs> and I, ha- I bought that piece, and I've had it ever since. And I've had it always. Wherever I've lived, it's always right near the front door because it's the beginning. And that was the first piece that I acquired. And so when I had that epiphany almost mm, 30 years later, mm-hmm. I recognized that's when I became an art collector. I saw something, and I liked it, and I said, I want that. You started in college. Yes. So I I actually tell people they should start early. Do you know how many pieces of art you've collected over the years? You said 1,300. That's the number I throw out. But I, I, you know, since that number was put out, I've bought many, many, many more. So it could be more. (laughs) Okay, so it's much more. (laughs) And I'm in the process of documenting it. So eventually I will know a number if I ever stop buying artwork. I will eventually know a number. So you had this college roommate that was was studying art, but where did your interest in art come from? When did you realize that it would become a big part of your life and your work? I think it was, I was born into it. I was born on 63rd Street in two little rooms uh, right next to the L. But my father was a frustrated artist and photographer and designer. My mother was very artistic. So those two little rooms were filled with art from, and so the, the moment I it opened my colorful. eyes, yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> yes. From the moment I opened my eyes, I was seeing art. So I've always lived around it. So it's always been there in my, in my world, which is, I think, what precipitated me to uh, early on to start to acquire art to p- fill my spaces mm-hmm. after I moved away from home. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and to that end, what would you say, what changes make the average art appreciator start to consider themselves an art collector? That's the problem. That is, you hit the they problem don't. right on the head, is that most people don't. Even though they are acquiring art, they will do just as I did, will say that they are not art collectors. Somebody it just sounds say, so much fancier. Yeah. Uh, they don't want to ab- absorb or, or put on the, the mantle of the art collector because mm-hmm. they feel that it's bigger than who they are. This is why we formed our organization, is that most people do, even though they are acquiring art, they are serious art collectors, but they will not consider themselves art collectors. And that's an important position. And it's an important title. Yeah. And so I want us to embrace it and not shy away from it. Now that I've been there, yeah. I want them to embrace it. I mean, and how does it impact the artists and art culture? It's unbelievable. That is what the biggest problem in our art culture is the audience isn't there. You've got all these art makers, all the artists complaining about how they can't, nobody's appreciating them. Mm-hmm. It's because people have self-excluded themselves from the from the audience. I want to bring everybody to, into the into that uh, realm of looking at, appreciating, and if you like it, acquire. It's, it's that, it's that simple. simple. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned it earlier, Patrick. You were actually an environmental scientist <laughs> back in the day. I want to hear more about that transition. Oh, it, well, the transition is not really a transition in the sense that I've learned that science and art are very similar and that my appreciation and active uh, participation in the uh, science and technology, technological world was really a reflection of the art that world that I had grown up in. 
And so, but I, I took it very seriously. I, I became um, a national expert in air pollution control. You I was, say I was, that so lightly. <laughs> I became a national expert. <laughs> well, I was very aggressive. I, I really tried to uh, address the problem of, of pollution. That, and I think we made some great strides. It's uh, very important yeah, work. Yeah, it yeah. was. But you, sometime, you at some point decided to do that over art. No. All of them were done. All of the above? It was happening. I I look back on it, I recognize. I was working at the EPA, going all over, uh, going to refineries and steel mills and so forth. But at the same time, everywhere I went, I would go to the art galleries and and, and buy art or or interact with artists all during that same time. So you pursued your art while working as a chemist. That is correct. Yep. Where did the idea of diasporal rhythms come from? That's after I had the epiphany that I actually was an art collector. And I went to a panel discussion at the Southside Community Arts Center that was about art collecting. And I, I was kind of reluctant to go there, but I went there and I met three other people, Dan Parker, Joan Chrysler, and Carol Briggs. Mm-hmm. And each one of them talked to, and on that panel about their art collection and their feelings about the art community in the African-American uh, uh, neighborhoods. And I said, that sounds just like me, you know. So I had made a, a sort of a mental note. I want to get back to these people and see if we could do something. And what happened is I went to a show at the Art Institute. It's about 100 years. The show was something titled like 100 Years of Collecting, which the Art Institute was claiming that they had done. And I was interested. So mm-hmm. I went to the show and went to a panel discussion. And all the illustrious African-American art uh, makers of today were on that stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carrie James Marshall, Dawood Bay, just on down the line. Uh, they were kind of uh, mid-career at that time. Mm-hmm. And I sat there just excited to hear what they're going to say about them being in the Art Institute's permanent collection. And most of the people were very critical of the Art Institute. I was kind of perplexed. So I left there confused and went to a show later that day on the South Side and ran into an African-American art collector who's not with us anymore, um, um, McClinn, and I saw him and I said, you were at that show earlier today and I'm confused. Explain to me why these artists would say these things. Mm-hmm. And he says, don't worry, no harm. He said, art institutions don't pay any attention to what artists say. They only pay attention to what collectors say. And that's, that's, that was the emphasis. I said, we've got to form an organization of art collectors yeah. in the African-American community. We're going to have the voice. So I love that. Yeah. Well, I, I want to talk about what you're here for, which is this upcoming exhibit. It's called Take My Picture. As I mentioned, it's opening this weekend. Patrick, you're excited, I can tell. <laughs> yes, I am. Yeah. <laughs> What's it about? It's about, uh, it's about photography and how I made a commitment to take photographs every day and carry a camera with me everywhere so that I could learn photography. I wrote out a commitment. And in that commitment, besides saying I'm going to take photographs and and carry it with me, I said, if anybody asked me to take this picture, this was a whole year I made the commitment. I said, I'm going to stop what I'm doing wherever I am and, and take their picture. Well, I commuted to the EPA from South Shore to the Loop. So I'm riding a bicycle <laughs> every day with a camera hanging off of my neck. 
and I'm going through all the neighborhoods on the south side and all through this, what we now call the South Loop, which was a different world then. And surprisingly, people would see me and holler out, take my picture. Yeah. And so and the I, pictures are beautiful. <laughs> thank you. And, and none of these people are posing. You're Nothing. just you're yeah. just snapping. Just yep. street photography. Yes, right? right. Exactly. That it's, was it's my wonderful. Commitment. Yes. So I have captured the 1980s. Yeah. And I tended to frequent uh, a little dive bar that was around the corner from where I work. And so I caught that whole Got scene. some fun photos yes, there. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we're almost out of time, but where can folks find your exhibit? The exhibit's at 659 uh, West Wrightwood, uh, and it will be from April 14th through July 15th. Uh, and our organization will have a show Rhythms will have a show celebrating our 20-year anniversary. Wow. And it will be here at Navy Pier on October 6th. That's incredible. Well, congratulations on that anniversary and this exhibit. Patrick, we've been talking with Chicago artist and art collector Patrick McCoy, also the co-founder of art nonprofit Diaspora Rhythms. You can check out the upcoming exhibit, Take My Picture, at Wrightwood 659 in Lincoln Park. It's opening this weekend. It's going to run through July. Thanks for your time, Patrick. Thank you. That episode of the Reset Podcast was produced by Micah Yason and edited by Ethan Schwab. Like I mentioned at the top, that was a conversation from our Chicago Innovators series where we get to know the folks making change around town. Do you have a local innovator that we haven't featured yet? Tell us about them. Get in touch at reset at wbez.org. And we just might interview them. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.